The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Welcome back to the I Am Independent podcast. Well, here we are with season four. We nearly didn't come back, believe it or not. We thought, are we repeating ourselves? Have we said all there is to be said? And of course, the answer is no. There is so much more to learn. The music industry is ever-changing. And one thing's for sure, independent artists are always going to need knowledge and support and encouragement. So here we are. And we're really pleased to bring you some great guests covering new topics, but also old topics at new angles as well. As always, you can contact us with any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover or any questions at all. On Instagram, you can find us at We Are Independent Artists. You can also email us on info at iamindependent.co.uk. And there's lots of information on our website and our YouTube channel as well. So grab a pen. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> okay, a bit tired, but all right. Yes, the weather has turned, and I feel like it didn't really give us, you know, warning. Do you feel like it just went from mild to freezing? Absolutely. I mean, you and I do not like the cold. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I've got a granny blanket on underneath. My, yeah, I literally at home have a granny blanket on my knees. You yeah. think I don't like, I mean, I don't like the cold, but I don't, I don't like being hot more than I don't like the cold. But the I was going to say, you've got a t-shirt on. Like I couldn't have a t-shirt on now until next May. <laughs> just a t-shirt will not happen until next May. Wow. See, I just don't like to be too hot when I'm too hot. I get a headache. Like, so Kenny, my half, he's always, I come into the house, I'm like, why is the heater on? <laughs> Put some more clothes on. I, oh, I, I feel like I don't know you now. I thought you didn't like, because you always have a big chunky cardigan on when we're at places. I do. I'm always prepared, you see. You know okay. what I mean? But like, it comes off. Anywho, um, <laughs> it's nice to be approaching Christmas. I love me some Christmas. Me too. Yeah. I mean, not as much as you do with your Christmas tree up for 79 years. Absolutely. The Christmas tree. And especially now we need the cheer. We need the joy. The Christmas tree is going to be up for two months. Two months minimum. (laughs) Okay, so this week we've got um, another awesome guest on. Um, Really, we're really very career, actually, which I'm really um, excited to talk to her about. Um, But first, we want to do our wins and our challenges. Um, yeah. What have, what have you have you got this week? Is it a win or a challenge? So I'm going to go with a win, which is kind of old but current news. Um, but I realised I hadn't spoken about it. And, I, and it, I am continually grateful for this. So it's a really big win for this year for me, which is that I was selected as part of a programme called Power Up. Um, it is, um, it's been founded by the PRS Foundation, which is different from... PRS in in case you don't know Um, but it's got loads of um, other music industry companies that are sponsoring and supporting it from YouTube to the Black Music Coalition to music um, 
Musicians Union to um, song loads and loads of people aim are, are supporting it and the whole idea is that um, and what I love about this is PRS are committed to do this for a decade for 10 years this is not a quick thing where they are basically investing in 40 um, black artists and executives so 20 black or brown artists 20 black or brown music industry executives and the program runs for a year um obviously because of the weird times we're in um, we actually only just had our first meet up in person last month the rest have all been on zoom and it's the the whole idea is that um we had to propose some things where we wanted to power up in our careers and just breaking through that ceiling from barriers that we may have had due to our race um but also in the process of helping us to progress um creating a network of other um people that you can work with and get to know and already i've been so encouraged by the amazing selection of people everyone you just remember that you know because we can sometimes think in this industry that everyone's out there to be cutthroat and to you know each out for themselves but actually there's a lot of people who really are up for helping people and it's their pleasure to go oh let me put you in touch with this person and it's also really great to be seen as a brown person um, and to be able to really openly talk about the challenges you've had because of that without somebody thinking oh here we go chip on the shoulder type thing Uh, and really talk about some issues that are becoming to the forefront of people's thinking that are in the music industry the music industry is Um, racism is prevalent just like it is in all areas of society it is in the music industry kind of ironically with the influence that black culture has had on music really so yeah I love everything about the program some really great people on there I've um they've got us great speakers I've learned so much and I do genuinely feel empowered by it so it runs to the end to the beginning of next year um and yeah that is definitely my big win every now and then when we have a session I'm like these people are great and this opportunity is great and you know they had a lot of applications so I feel really grateful to be one of the 20 industry executives so yeah definitely um that's my my win that is such a win such a big win also I remember that you kind of just okay go on I'll supply you know it was just like I just Oh, let me just bash this out, you know. Yeah, my closed mouth doesn't get fed. Let me just, you know. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I got it. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. Like, ofs. Like, ofs. So I'm really pleased. I'm really happy for you. It's so great. <laughs> so have you got a win or a challenge? I'm going to bring down the vibe. <laughs> I've got a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge that is like an age-old challenge for an artist I think maybe but I'm feeling it right now in that I put out obviously I put an album earlier this year which I was really proud of it felt like a creative um step forward for me and and career-wise as well but I really loved the album I loved it sonically I loved that I could hear myself grow I'm proud of it and as I've created that now and yeah, the journey of the album isn't done. I do want to find ways to, um, you know, play it live and still promote it in, in, in a way. But I am looking to the next things. I'm already been working on that. But I'm finding it challenging um, being creative again and thinking about birthing something new or creating and then birthing something new after doing something that I was really yeah. proud of. So I'm finding that hard. I'm finding it hard to... 
I feel like I personally need to be connected with an idea that moves me from the inside out and just um, having to push past the thing of waiting to be inspired and just trying to help myself to be inspired um, um, to nurture inspiration within myself. I'm just finding that hard to do um, and hard to figure out or to grow the concept. Um, so that's kind of my big challenge. Also, just realising that I, I want to develop as a, as a creative and just challenging myself to um, kind of diversifying in a way or what are my transferable skills as um, somebody who uses my voice. Um, so um, looking into other things, you know, I'll just even share, like just thinking about, okay, I in my live album, I did some poetry and I did like an ad, ad last year and looking into using my voice in terms of voiceover work or just stepping into new territory. I'm finding it challenging on my ego, but yeah, just creating new work. I'm finding that hard and, and, and I'm trying to push away any pressure to rush that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the back of my mind, you know, momentum, you know, people are forgetting about you. It's so common with artists as well. I remember somebody telling me, I always, I always remember the story and I always forget the artist. It's a huge artist. It might have even been Miles Davis, somebody like that. And their manager told this story how every single time he released an album, he'd go like, I can't do it again. Like, I, I've, I've, that's it. I've just put my best work. I can't, I've got nothing to say. I've got it. And would literally think that was the end each time. And it, it's kind of comforting to know that somebody that incredible, I'm sure it was him, you know, felt exactly the same thing. Like, and, but also I just love that about artists that you all put so much into something that of course it feels like there's nothing left afterwards. And that's testament of how much you put of yourself in and you kind of have to replenish replenish live a bit of life but it's there it is in you you're you it's not even that you'll come up with something you can't not continue to create but I think it is having that it's like your seasons isn't it you you can't like um uh harvest and then straight away you know harvest again you have to you know leave the ground for a bit you have to sow a bit and then wait for it to grow and yeah yeah so that's my challenge it's not a terrible terrible challenge but there it is well shall we get chatting to our guest then this week the lovely selena who um is an inspiring woman woman um i love that she's a mum and she juggles so many things and she's still moving up and up um and she also is really passionate about helping people and it really comes through in our chat today um Sina's worked with PPL she also works with Your Army who are an amazing marketing and PR company and she also runs something called Tempo and Flow which supports new and emerging artists um and yeah another really useful chat so enjoy it Welcome to the I Am Independent podcast. We have got another brilliant guest who's going to drop lots of wisdom for you. Um, So many people in the music industry, especially if you're independent, have had a bit of a wiggly line of a journey. It's never straightforward, but that's sometimes what makes us so good at what we do is having lots of experience. And our guest 
on the podcast today is exactly somebody who's done that. She's got knowledge of PPL and and rights in terms of your recordings. Uh, She's a marketing guru uh, in terms of promotion. She loves to um, help artists to get discovered and and just... um, do that job really well and we all know that sometimes we're guilty of doing that badly just because we don't know where to start. Uh, she also runs something amazing called Tempo and Flow which we're going to ask her about a lot more as well and all round I know this chat is going to be great. So Selena, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me and what an amazing introduction that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking though, as I was speaking, it, it's so true how many of us in music, people, you know, we didn't specifically apply for one job and then we got it and that was it. Um, just tell us a little bit about, even when you think about yourself at school, did you have an idea about what you wanted to do and be and how you wanted to get there? Or has it been that very much that wiggly line or, or perhaps you've been a lot more focused than I was? <laughs> Definitely not straightforward at all. It was wiggly, wobbly, round and all over the place. Um, I think from a very young age, I always knew that I wanted to help people. So I thought like I'd be a teacher or, you know, just I, at one point I wanted to be a probation officer I just always wanted to help others um, and so I and then I also went to drama school from a young age as well so I was like yeah I wanted to do the whole acting thing absolutely loved that um, and then so I went when I went to uni I did my degree in drama theatre and performance studies and film and tv yes it's a mouthful I know <laughs> um, and the reason I did that because I thought if I didn't make it as an actor then I have my degree to fall back on if I wanted to teach, be a drama teacher or get into media, film and TV world, then that's the route I'd go. And then when I finished uni, um, I got into a drama school and the fees were like about £10,000. I was like, I've just finished uni. I've got that on my head. But as soon as I get a job, I'm going to have to pay back all this student loan. Do I really want to have another £10,000 on top of it? maybe not so so that's when I went into work and um I obviously when you do drama and acting a lot of the sales type of roles are the ones that you kind of fall into because you have the confidence to speak to people and stuff um so I had you know a few sales and marketing roles um and then I you know started family like quite young um after finishing uni so I had to like just you know my focus was to raise my family and get a job that wasn't too strenuous or anything um so I I did that so got my office job as the kids were getting older um I started to get more responsibility became a manager um and I was just excelling I was doing really well because I just I think with me I always like to get results Mm. so in a sales type of role it was like yep Right, I want more, I want to get more, I want to get more. So I quickly got promoted doing um, working for a company that's applied to the NHS. Then after a while, my kids were getting a bit bigger and um, my mum was really hands-on because she was retiring. I thought, right, I need to get back onto my career because this isn't me, like, you know, amazing that all the people that work for the NHS, but that just wasn't for, for me. So I was like, right, how do I go about getting into the creative and entertainment world? And then um, and when I started to look, an opportunity came about at PPL. Mm. And because I had experience managing um, and supporting a team, a sales team that were field sales team, this role that they had at PPL was quite unique because they it, it was a business relationships team manager role. 
and essentially my team were the ones that went out and licensed all the venues and making sure that they had the correct license in order for artists to get their royalties um and at first i was like i'm not sure if i want to do this because i don't know that much about ppl other than the fact that i'm a zumba instructor and we got told that if you use <laughs> music that's not within the, the zumba licensed uh, music then you have to have a ppl license so i was like this is a challenge but then i thought do you know what if you don't take a challenge you you always regret or think what if what if so i thought do you know what i'm gonna go for it um and that was amazing it was an amazing way into the music industry because understanding where the, the money comes from mm. is such a key thing because so many artists and musicians aren't really that aware of the money that can be there for them that's going to help them with their craft um so i'd say that was a brilliant introduction into it um it was a strange job because it felt like we were the bailiffs mm -hmm. when we were going to, <laughs> yeah. as you can imagine, going to nightclubs and bars and saying, right, you need to pay this um, license. They're like, what? We already paid for our music. Why do we need? And it was just, yeah. So we had a lot of like very <laughs> interesting experiences. Um, and then that's how I got into the music industry and just kept working my way through, through it like that. That is so interesting, and and you you sound so resilient and resourceful. Um, just to like just to make the life that you want to live, and I think that is um in and of itself an inspiring thing for independent artists because that's basically what we have to do. We have to carve our own path, and um so that you just out of the gate, that's a really um inspiring thing to hear. Um, I would love to ask you because. You've you started off at a really interesting place. We're coming from the other side of PPL um, in terms of understanding the the royalty or how the payment. And I think PPL is one of those things that is hard for artists to understand. Like what? How am I being paid? Like I understand I wrote this song and I'm going to be paid, but to come from the other side where you are going to the venues to make sure that they've got their license so that um, the money flows back to the people on that sound recording. Can you explain that a little bit more? So you're going into those venues, why? And what is it that they're paying for that then flows back down? Yeah, so basically these businesses benefit from the use of music. So if you think about a restaurant, even if it's background music, you have it there for a reason because it, it you know, creates the atmosphere and people are drawn into, you know, the places which have got a nice atmosphere. So, um, and in nightclubs, for example, that's the key thing, the music. Otherwise, you're not going to go to a nightclub where you're just standing there drinking and talking, are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Silent dancing. Um, so I feel, so there are different rates depending on the type of business. So like a nightclub that really depends on music, there'll be a higher tariff than, for example, someone that's using it as background music in the restaurant, because although it helps, it's not necessary because you're going there for the food. Um, so there's different rates for it. And I feel like um, the main thing was educating businesses why, where the, the money was going, because a lot of artists put so much time into their craft, they deserve to be paid. And that's an extra revenue stream so that they can put it back into their music and creating their music. Um, so I think for artists, the, good, the thing that they need to remember is, is that you need to sign up to these societies because if you don't, you could lose out on revenue. Mm. Um, 
but money isn't there forever. Um, it can only be backdated for a certain period. All this information is on PPL and PRS website. But the key is to understand it. Like, don't just put it off and thinking, I know it seems a lot of admin yeah. from people who are creatives yeah. <laughs> don't want to do the admin. Um, <laughs> but I promise you, once you take the time to understand it, you'll be relieved. You, you um, register with them, them and the societies do the work for you. It's just that you need to do that initial bit by putting all your information on the system so they can collect the money and you get paid. Mm. What is the backdated period again? So for, it, it, there's different ones. So for, for example, when you need to register your recording on PPL, um, it depending on when the cutoff is, which normally is around January, if you don't do it before the January, you'll lose out the whole year before. Mm. Um, so you, you you have to check out when the deadline is and the cutoff period is because you don't want to, because if it's not on the system, mm. then you've lost out the year of, say, for example, it was a big hit and mm. you've lost all of that because wow. it's not on there. Um, if it is already been registered on there and you're just an artist or musician and you need to register and claim, um, I believe it goes back to six years mm-hmm. that you can backdate it from. Mm. But please don't quote me because yeah. it's been a while since I've been at No, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that sounds right. I think we had um, a chat about that um, uh, maybe last year and I think that's that rings a bell with how what our understanding of it. But guys, things do change. So, you know, yeah. make sure yeah. you check out the current information. <laughs> to me, it's really interesting that from something where it was kind of this revelation to you of this, this thing that artists could be missing out on and not making the most of you then kind of sidestep into to marketing which again is something that sometimes artists don't you know they independent artists can sometimes have their main focus which I absolutely get it on just their music which of course without the music there's nothing else that is number one but there's so many other things that we have to be mindful of if we want to make a sustainable career and we want to make the most um tell us a bit about that sidestep into to marketing then and your work with your army as well was that an intentional step was it just an opportunity that came because I know you're really passionate about artists doing this well so tell us about that journey yeah, so that was another wiggly, wobbly sort of <laughs> journey again. Um, no, that wasn't planned at all. And this is a thing that I try to tell a lot of executives or entrepreneurs that, you know, you can have a plan, but I feel that you shouldn't have a rigid plan. Mm. I think it's good to have it to sort of guide you. However, don't be blind to opportunities that come your way and don't second guess and doubt your abilities because you have more transferable skills than you may believe when you look at a job description, for example. Um, So when when I moved from the licensing side at PPL, I went over to member services and working at member services, that was me educating artists and musicians about where the money comes from and why you need to sign up with PPL. Um, So I became an operations team manager in member services. So um, I was approached about an opportunity at your army as an operations manager because I had transferable skills. So even though it was a completely sort of different world, because my actual role was similar to the role they were looking for, it was an opportunity to learn another side of the business. And I thought, I've been at PBL for, for five years, almost five years. I absolutely loved working there. The people were amazing. And I loved, again, that helping nature of me, wanting to help people, loved that. 
And what I loved about your army was the fact that they love to break artists. So again, they want to help artists from the beginning of their careers and, you know, help to excel them, as well as working with the established artists as well. Um, so for me, that made sense. It was, an art, it was a company that cares about artists and musicians and wanting to elevate their careers. And it just helped me to understand another side of the business. So it made complete sense. That's so good to hear. I think we, we've spoken to a lot of independent artists, especially at the beginning of their journey, when the PR and marketing side can be so overwhelming, like knowing you need to kind of get this project out. But also um, just hearing you say that your army love to break artists, there's actually a lot of PR companies that won't work with emerging artists because um, they don't have the fan base yet and it's that catch-22 thing isn't it of you know you need to promote your music and it to get out there for people to hear about it but at the same time some PR companies only want to work with really established ones that they know they're going to have a return as well what would you say um, an independent artist should do uh, what should they look for in a PR company? Because we've also had lots of stories of people being ripped off by PR companies as well. But what do you look for for the ones that are going to have a passion about wanting to break you and get you through, even if you don't have the stats and all of the things that many people ask for? So I would say, so with your army, I can only talk on behalf of your army, what we do, we will not work music unless we feel that we can do it justice and we can get the plays and get the, you know, whatever we feel um, will be open with what the expectations are. Like if we don't think we can get a playlisted, but we, for example, think we can get some spot plays, we will of course let the artists know so they can make that decision whether or not they want to go with us. I think it's important to look at the roster, mm. um, see what artists that they're currently working with. Are there, do you feel that they can cater to your style of um, genre of music? Um, we have a wide range of artists that we work with, from Dave, Sam Smith, Disclosure, Christine and the Queens. Like, it's just such a broad range. Um, so it's evidence that we can provide the service for, you know, all sorts of um, artists. Um, for example, um, Christian, who's one of the directors of Your Army, he's worked with Sam Smith from the beginning. So he, you know, before all of the hype, Christian believed in the music and he pushed it. And another example is Disclosure. At the beginning, um, you know, it was a little bit harder to sort of like really break Disclosure right at the start, believe it or not. But Christian believed in them. And then they went on to do amazing things because he was passionate about their music and he wanted to make sure that it got the recognition that um, it deserved. So I feel like you have to make sure that whatever PR company you're working with, believe in your music, mm. um, not after your money. Like we turn down things all the time because we're not driven by money, we're driven by results. Mm. And it's important to understand the ethos of a company mm. before you, you decide to work with them, definitely. Mm. Wow. That's really good. I mean, to hear a PR company say, say those things, somebody from a PR company say those things, is um, it's not... Um, it's not common or if it, if it's said it's said in a certain kind of way um so yeah to hear that um there's PR companies that care about the music and care about like grassroots like getting an artist that they believe in at whatever stage they're at and helping them to get um move forward is um is really great to hear Really, really yeah, there are, but there are things that the artist needs to do. So yes. we wouldn't just accept, 
set somebody um, just because they've got a good one-off song. It has to be, there has to be more thought put into it. Like, you know, one thing that I would say to artists that sometimes you can be chasing hits all the time thinking, yeah, this song is a banger, I'm gonna put it out now because you wanna keep up with everything else. There's so much noise going on out there. Everyone's releasing stuff, music is so accessible, but you do not want to just waste opportunities because I've seen it num a number of times where people have such a great song, like, yeah, go push it out, and then they don't have anything to follow up with. So you've lost that momentum. Everyone's got their eyes on you, like, I want to see what's next. Mm -hmm. You don't have anything. So then you're constantly putting yourself under pressure to deliver another song like that, which is, you know, it's not always easy to. So um, we do like to know what you've got planned for the future. And yeah. um, like, what songs have you got um, that you are considering to release after this, mm -hmm. you know, the campaign that you may want us to work. We work EPs and albums mm -hmm. as well, so not just singles. Um, and make sure that you, 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 your brand is important, mm. right? So have you got your press shots? Have you got your bio? Like all those things need a part of your package. So don't ever underestimate mm. how much your brand is important as well as the music. But obviously music is number one. So would you say then that a, um, an artist, if an artist was coming to approach a, a PR company, that approaching with one song is um and and that's all they've kind of they've got an idea of what they want to do next but they don't have assets other assets prepared it's not necessarily the most helpful way if would you would you guys feel more um comfortable and with or excited about an ep or an album where there is you know singles and videos and there's there's other things that are happening off the back of that does that feel like something more substantial for you to work from or there's an album like more for us it's a pressurizing thing it's like oh an album it's a lot like how does it how do you guys view it from your side so it depends on the artist so let's be honest mm -hmm. if for example you know um say dave gives us a single of course we're going to work it because yeah. he's already established um you know but when it's an, a more i'm talking about more the emerging artists Absolutely. because you still have to build your fan base you still have to sort of like let everybody know who you are so having one single isn't necessarily going to cut it unless it's absolutely amazing and it just gets number one and you're good with following that up that's brilliant um but ideally you should have a few more songs to back it up before you start approaching um pr companies mm. that's just like my i'm not saying that there's companies or yeah. pr companies that won't work it i'm not saying that we won't work it because it could be absolutely brilliant but ideally mm. you should have a few songs to back it up yeah i think artists one of obviously the the main thing they put their focus on is making their music which is absolutely right um and a, a huge challenge for all independent artists is funding and funds um if you've um finished your project um, and you've only got a very small amount of money left, um, what would you say you should prioritise spending that money on if you're going to market a project? What What are some of the small things you could do that perhaps make a big difference? Or is there one thing that you'd say, well, that's the thing you should put your money on? No, in the short answer, there's no one way fits all kind of thing because it it really does depend on the artist where they are in terms of like their their brand and what they have left like you know so for example not every song is a single mm -hmm. do you know what I mean so it's like 
you don't so you might want to put a song out just because you want to be um you don't want people to forget about you but then you could invest in marketing i i, I don't know if you've got a partnership with a brand for example and you want to put a little ad out and you've got some budget left maybe some of that should go into marketing your partnership with a with a brand for example um i think as well it's so important especially when you're independent to make sure you plan mm -hmm. especially when you have a small budget so if you have like three thousand pounds left mm -hmm. and you know you've got one more single to release are you really going to spend two and a half grand or two thousand pounds on a video mm -hmm. is that the most sensible thing to do mm -hmm. not not necessarily because it doesn't leave you much left um so i feel like put it into the music as much as possible because as much as you do as well like social media put paid ads and things like that the music is the most important thing so for example if we look at Stormzy uh, where do you know me from that was a banger and everybody loved it right his video so simple mm. just camera with his friends walking down you know what I mean he was creative with it and look how well that that song did do you know what I mean so it's about being smart with your budget um, yeah, mm, that's really good. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, just like cycling back um, a little bit, went to your time at um, PPL. You said you moved over to member services, and you kind of were helping artists and some of the things that were some of the things that were not really doing quite well or needed to understand. And what were some of the recurring themes with um, artists there, and what some of the things that you found yourself helping? or talking to artists about over and over and over again? The, I'd say the two key things was not registering because they thought with PPL, maybe they had to pay when you don't. Mm -hmm. I feel with PRS as well, even though I didn't work for PRS, we, we had an understanding yeah. of it, um, is there is a charge that you can recoup that charge, that cost back. So people may think, oh, I don't want to spend that, or I don't have enough money to, but it is worthwhile while at the right time to do that, mm -hmm. um, because you'll, you'll be able to make it back. Um, and then the second thing is people underestimating how important it is to put in writing who owns the rights for a recording. Mm -hmm. So we would see a lot of disputes because a song will go out, it may do really well, there'll be some money there, but then there's, you know, dispute about who owns the rights and people thinking I own the rights because I pay for the studio time or, you know, I own the rights because I, um, I produced it, you know, and not having that understanding creates problems later on. Yeah. Um, so I think it's so important as much as it's an uncomfortable conversation at times, just be honest and just say, look, just so that we're clear with who owns what, just so it's fair for everybody, let's have our agreement. Put it in writing, send an email, um, just make it very clear who owns the rights because that can delay things as well, like when you want to release things and you don't want all of that headache. And um, I would just say, don't underestimate the importance of, of knowing who owns the rights. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. That's really good. Yeah, we, we find ourselves talking about that it's a recurring theme on our podcast as well. But it is it's so important. Have the chat early. Um, it doesn't have to be intense, but have it early and get it in writing somehow, even if it's an email. Um, if you can get an agreement going, then do that too. So, so important. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page, 
just search I am independent and you should find us and do follow us on social media on Instagram at we are independent artists and on Facebook under the same also on Facebook you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged you can find links to everything we do on our website www.iamindependent.co.uk I think one of the other um, questions, just skipping back to marketing a bit, is um, in terms of a few years ago, um, it was really important to, you know, get featured on as many music blogs and things as possible. Um, the focus these days is a lot more playlist, getting playlists um, and somewhere in there is radio as well, but it's obviously very expensive. Um, how much of a difference would you say it makes to be featured um you know if if you employ a PR company and they say they've sent out your press release to 100 music blogs is that money well spent or is it better spent on social media advertising or really saving up for a radio campaign or you know putting it on your visuals those kind of things do they make a difference in terms of building an audience and telling a story and do those things really convert to to money yeah, so I would say yes, definitely um, PR is so important. <clears throat> However, again, remember what I said about planning, um, you have to understand your audience. And I think sometimes artists can skip that bit and just be like, oh, I just want to put this music out. But who are you putting it out to? You know, if you're like, say, for example, Neo Soul or R&B singer, would you use GRM Daily to, you know, to put your stuff on? Does it make sense? Like, is that the type of audience that would appeal to your music? I think you have to be sensible. And going back again, when you're choosing the PR companies that you're working with, who have they worked with? You know, if you're an indie band, like, you know, why would you go to somewhere, uh, you know, a company that predominantly focuses on dance or, you know, um, or grime and um, drill or rap, it doesn't make sense. So it has to make sense to the music that you're you're doing. Um, radio is important. I'm, I'm not just saying that because I work <laughs> for a company that does, does radio plug-in, but it is because you're broadening your your fan base, your audience, like you're, you're appealing to a wider audience outside of who you already have connections with. Um, and I feel like the more exposure you get, the better it is. I mean, we also do TV promo as well at Your Army. And um, one of the key things with, with TV is like, you know, you have an interview um, on the right platform and suddenly people are like, I like this person, let me check them out. Do you know what I mean? Or if you get, we have an audio servicing um, uh, service within the TV um, promo department. And for example, if your song got placed on Love Island, okay, like, I know some of you watch it, but might not want to admit it. Like, <laughs> I'll admit it, right? <laughs> but um, plenty of times I've watched Love Island and then I've heard the song, I'm like, oh, what is this? And I've got my Shazam and I've gone up and I'm like, Let you please pick this up. Um, fortunately enough, we have Sky so we can pause it and rewind it. <laughs> but can you imagine the amount of people that may not have known about your music before and then suddenly they hear it? So it's intelligent promotion, just making sure that you're investing your money in the right platform or, or company that's what matters the most and would you say there's a certain order with that 
like you know there's there's something that you aim for first because obviously you're probably not going to go for tv straight away but is there a typical trajectory that you would in terms of marketing and building a story and a brand and a profile yeah definitely so i feel like it's it depends again so we look at the campaign the artists and the style of music so for example we've got a dj promotion service and if it's somebody you know it's real strong electronic or house um song then we know that we've got that dj promo service there so we can give it to the tastemakers they can go into the clubs and then start you know, saying what the reactions are. And that's a brilliant marketing strategy because then the artists can be like, right, they're really feeling this. So we need to go hard with pushing this pushing this out. Um, again, if they're an emerging artist, then you wouldn't necessarily just go straight to TV, but you could use TV and radio and all free services to help push your campaign if it makes sense. Mm. Um, so it yes, there is... We would always advise what we suggest is the best route for you when it comes to PR, but it just depends on the artist and the style of music. Mm. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's just, it's just um, sometimes it seems like a mystery, especially to emerging artists and independent artists that, oh yeah, I got this song, I need to promote it, maybe I need PR, I need... and they don't really understand why, um, what companies do. Um, so sometimes, um, and obviously you don't have a team around you often, don't even have a manager. So often you'll make, you really have a song, you really want it to do well. You put all this effort into it. You think it's a great, a great, a great song, great project. And then you can often lose money by just, oh yeah, I've got PR and you don't really know what they do. You don't understand. Um, it's all, it's just very mysterious. So conversations like this help, um, artists to just think actually to pause have some information to think to go okay I need to do research and what research do I need to do all these things help them to it's helping us to be business people because that's what we are and so you giving this insight um is helpful these sorts of conversations are really really helpful um tell us a little bit about tempo and flow oh yeah so tempo and flow I Started that with my um, friend Lloyd. He's um, an A and R at Warner now. Um, and when we were working at PPL, um, Lloyd, we'd have conversation. I talked about being passionate about helping artists, and he was the same. He's an A and R, um, and he was like, "So you know, I've got this idea. Why don't we put on a live night where we have you know emerging artists having a platform in order to be scouted?" And I thought, that's brilliant, do you know what I mean? And it was like, we were very selective of who would perform, not because we, you know, didn't think certain people were good enough, but, you know, going back to what I'm saying about being at a certain part of your your creative work in order to be um, taken, you know, not, not taken seriously, that sounds bad, but, you know, you, you know what I mean? You have to be... Yeah. Yeah, like you can, you, I mean, it takes, it takes a, it takes time and experience to know how to perform, to know, to know your stuff, what to do, how to work a crowd, how to make, mu- you know, make your music. It's just like, certain, at certain point, it's like an experience thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And we did it, we wanted them to have that opportunity to show off like how great they were mm-hmm. and get the attention of other A&Rs, of, you know, labels, you know, 
major indies or whoever we just wanted that platform for, for people to be able to come to our night and know that they're going to see good quality acts that they could potentially sign or manage or, or things like that um and yeah we've had some great artists on there gabriella vixen now known as bishop she performed on there callie claire kadeem tyrell um lady sanity we've got like we've had really good artists on there um that have gone on to do big things um so i feel like tempo and flow another thing it also appeals to those who love live music mm. it's not all industry um people that love you know we, we want it to cater to those that just love music love a good night where they can just hear raw talent with a live band sometimes as well mm. um so yeah, so that's where, where it started. And then obviously the pandemic hit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the big, big yes. came and yeah. stopped that. And then we created a podcast from it because we were like, should we have a online thing? But then we were kind of like, that's not going to do it justice to what our night's about because it's all about the atmosphere and feeling good. And, you know, so we thought we wouldn't be able to do it justice if we did it online. So then we thought, how else can we help people? And similar to what you're doing, we just thought get some industry experts in and share knowledge because then it's going to help the executives, you know, um, which went really well. And hopefully we're going to be recording season two soon. That's cool. But live shows hopefully are back next year as well, beginning of next year. Yes, live shows at last. <laughs> I suppose a good thing to ask then in terms of, uh, because we're, with independent artists we're always encouraging them just like you've been saying it about just really planning ahead really thinking about the bigger picture beyond just making your music so for example for uh, tempo and flow what would be the things that you would be looking for um for an artist that would be ready to perform on a, a platform like that so similar to what we would look for at your army it's about do their brand so do they know who they are because some artists think they do, but they don't necessarily know, and it changes so much. So they think they're appealing to a certain audience, and then they switch up a bit, and it becomes a bit confusing. And I can't. There's not one thing that sort of you know does it that you can know when they know what their what their brand is. But you can just tell if an artist really knows who they are. So we want to know like your music. You're certain who you're appealing to and the music has to be dope it has to be really it has to be good that's the main thing you know um and we also look at whether or not it would work for a live performance because there's two separate things there's been a good recording artist and then there's been a good live performing artist and i think sometimes you you know, it takes a lot to be able to perform live, you know, and you need practice. So you may think, yeah, I could just take the mic and I'll just like, no, <laughs> it really does take practice and time. Um, so we would want to see that you've maybe performed live before, that you're comfortable with it. Um, and yeah, that you've just invested in yourself, basically. Thank you. That's really good. It gives, it gives artists a lot to think about, I think, um, because... Um, to be well-rounded, especially as independent artists, is, is important. So to work on your live performance so that when you get in front of people, you get in front of industry people, you get in front of anyone, like you can entertain them. And and then being able to record and promote your work and get it out there. And, and then also knowing who you are. All of these things 
are like it gives us a lot to work on like we don't we often we're looking for oh I need to build my team and I need these opportunities but actually there's a lot to be working on as an artist anyway and um and the things that you've hit on are things that are helpful for artists to remember to just to do your own work and also I would say you know the point of building the team Mm. sometimes people feel like oh I've got to get this management company or I need to get this person to make look who's around you because even though sometimes like you may have a friend who isn't a manager or hasn't got experience um as manager sometimes they will believe in you the most and they can learn with you if they've got that passion and they really believe in you and they're somebody who's professional who's really willing to learn why not ask them can they help you out you know because there's so much that they can benefit from managing you as an artist as well so don't always look uh, at you know the successful managers and you know reaching too high at the start work with who's in your network around you have you got somebody who's doing a degree in law can they help you when it comes to negotiating contracts you know don't always feel that you have to spend loads of money or just go to the big look at your network around you and then build from there sometimes as well absolutely so it's something that we say all the time and we do hit on that point as well because you just got to work with what you got and build from there really and um yeah and people who i love what you do (laughs) exactly um loretta do you have any more questions no um to finish um because we've been talking about some exciting but big things then we we've got three two sets of three questions to ask you um you don't have to answer them all because it, it we've realized it, it they are quite hard um to find three answers but the the first one is to pick three highlights from your career so far and then the second one is three things that people might be surprised to know about you get some interesting answers to that one but yeah in in whichever order you want to do it okay so my three main highlights I think within employee of the year when I was at PPL um like I explained just like going into a company that I didn't know much about so that was a key thing for me I think um definitely power up being selected for that because again I wasn't even going to apply for it and I literally, last minute, I was just like, do you know what, go for it. And then just get feedback on how you can improve the application next year. So when I found out that I got a place at Power Up, I was like, what? <laughs> so that was brilliant. Um, and I'd, I'd say the third one would be probably a mixture of everything. Like just coming into the industry, uh, you know, fairly recently compared to some of the others and being able to achieve all the things I have like tempo and flow you know working at your army PPL and also doing helping with some um, managing some artists as well for me that's a massive achievement as a woman in this industry coming in and being able to progress so well like that's a big achievement yeah. for me that's absolutely it is yes. I hope it inspires other women as well yeah especially yeah. Mums. especially mums. yes the other one was like interesting yeah so lots of people uh, may not know like industry people that I am a mum of two so I have a 14 year old I have a 12 year old who's almost 13 um and 
like just on that I know it's hard being a mum and balancing work and I have I'm fortunate enough to have a good network but I just want to like make it clear that you know especially employers as well don't think just because somebody's got responsibilities that they're only going to be able to do so much don't judge people mm. based on what their circumstances are like because you can achieve it's down to the individual of how driven they are and there's some amazing women in this industry who are parents who are married or whatever and they're doing great things and you never know so don't judge people about the circumstances um the second thing people would know some people would know i'm a zumba instructor um so i've been doing that for seven years i love it mm. <laughs> um so yeah so i'm a zumba instructor and then the last thing what do people not know about me um i don't know maybe i don't know what what's that's interesting those two are pretty good. I've, Selena, you're a person with a lot of energy, aren't you? Like, to have to... Did you say, is it two boys you've got as well? No, I've got a son. Son and a daughter. And a daughter. Right. But yeah, yeah. those eight, 12 and four, I've got a 12-year-old and it's a lot. And then to have time to Zumba and then to have your job and <laughs> tempo and flow, that is a lot of energy. But it is very inspiring yeah thank you and what you ladies are doing is absolutely amazing as well so well done for putting this together because yeah it takes a lot of work people don't realize that yeah absolutely and just pushing through and just believing in what you do so um thank you for coming on and selena and talking to us and sharing like it's been really really helpful and i'm we're sure that our audience are going to love it so thank Thank you so much is there any links that you want to give for people to find out about Tempo and Flow or, or what other things you're doing? Yeah, please. If you can follow us on Instagram, um, because we, we are going to be building a website, but if you can keep an eye on Tempo and Flow on Instagram, um, and then you can follow me, Selena underscore music underscore page, I think it is, and then your army is your army underscore. Um, so follow us and keep an eye on what we're doing and we'd love to work with more people so reach out (laughs) yes we'll put we'll put those links in the show notes um but yeah thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it thank you thank you for having me thank you all right take care bye and don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful practical and inspirational resources sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk for more great content from i am independent find us on social media at we are independent artists Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. <laughs>